This is the Sister Squad with Morta, Nona, and Dekuma. <laughs> Nona. Nona. We'll just stop right now. <laughs> okay, welcome to the Sister Squad this week. We've had quite a bit of time off and things have been crazy, but we are back. Um, this week we'd like to podcast about a topic that we tried to do last year um we've had it ready for at least a year and a half and then netflix came out with a new documentary about our topic so um the podcast is about our father and um morta has decided to (laughs) yeah my name's morta get the notes for us (laughs) so why don't you take it away tell us about this okay all right, so uh, as Dekuma has mentioned, I uh, last year wanted a podcast about this, um, another podcast I listened to called Immaculate Deception, and it was about a Dutch doctor, a fertility doctor named Jan, Jan it's, it's spelled Jan, Carbot, but I think it's pronounced Jan, Jan Carbot, and he was a fertility doctor who used his own sperm, <clears throat> and uh to secretly inseminate unwitting women and also that same doctor if you can even believe it had another um, it was a small town like twenty thousand people and they had a super donor um named lewis and they used they think that lewis could have like over 200 kids maybe and lewis uh so first of all, they live in a small town. 20,000 people is not that big of a town. But Lewis had Asperger's. Oh, wow. And so so that I listened to that whole thing, that whole podcast. It was like multiple episodes. And I had talked to you guys about it. And then just we had other things that we were podcasting about. But in, the, um, in my notes from last year, it said, in the U.S., Dr. Klein did the same thing. And that is what our father, um, the documentary on Netflix, is about. Um, but this is what Dr. Kerbot or Carbot said, which we'll just, and then we can leave Dr. Carbot alone. But I love this quote because it shows like what a megalomaniac, arrogant piece of junk he is. It says he didn't even, this is him talking about, didn't even think about the real people. I didn't even think of that when asked about like, did you think about the children that you were making? I, he only wanted one thing, happy client. She's pregnant. She's happy. And he's and they said that he was a businessman and didn't like rules. So in regards to um, our father, so it's an hour and a half uh, documentary. Nona, did you watch it? I did. I did watch it, and I the first thing I think of. Do you want to know what the thing that stuck out at me the most? Yeah. I really, really hate. When they talk about how religious, here's my air quotes, how religious he was. He was just so religious. Yeah. That just irritates me when people say that about someone that, I mean, because for our religion, it's like messing with procreation. That's like, you know, you know, if you're in a religion that says you shouldn't pleasure yourself or have, you know, relations outside of marriage and that. Those yeah. things are, those things are messing with procreative powers. Right. And, you know, he hit all the big ones there. Yeah. You know? 
yeah, I really was just so, I was so kind of pissed. Like the more, and you know, that's why I wanted to do the podcast last year. And I'm so glad we waited because there are multiple podcasts and um, documentaries about this um, kind of topic. So the podcast, or I mean, not the podcast, the documentary starts out with, and it says on the screen, sibling number one, uh, May 3rd, 1983. And this is a woman, and I, I wrote down their names sometimes, um, but she couldn't have children. Like her, her husband couldn't have children. And Dr. Klein was a, like a pretty good fertility specialist. And so she went to Dr. Klein and they used a sperm donor but this was in 1983 and so people kept that on the down low like they did not advertise that they were using a sperm donor they went to a fertility doctor and i know that dr carbot had told and that's again the one from um the netherlands he had just told the women like look you don't need to tell your kid anything i mean little did these men know of course like the dna was coming and there will be no secrets you know like everything's going to be shouted from the rooftops peeps like there is going to be no way to keep a secret of who your father is so anyway so she goes and she gets um and she they do um insemination and she gets a baby and of course she's delighted um so this child sibling number one when she gets older she wants to find out who her father is and so she calls Dr. Klein's clinic and he says that her, that all of her mother's records were destroyed. Oh, those records are so old. Um, there's just no, this was in Indianapolis. Dr. Klein practiced in Indianapolis. And, um, <clears throat> but Dr. Klein did tell, and this is like the same thing that, I mean, it's like the same story over and over and over. Like the women choose a donor from a notebook or a catalog or something. And they always tell them, that they're good looking and they're tall and they're intelligent, you know, they're high achievers. And they always say that they only use the um, sample, the donor for X amount of live births. In one of the podcasts I listened to, it was 10 live births. In Dr. Klein's um, clinic, he said, oh, they could, there would only be no more than like three siblings. And so, they just lie. They just make up this crap left, right, and center. Um, so the women would choose from a notebook and they were getting like doctors, like residents. There was a hospital across the street. And so they would choose their, their doctor sample. And then one of the staff would run across the street and tell one of the guys to produce. And then, um, they would come back and that's what they would be inseminated with. Like the the one woman that worked at the clinic said, oh, I remember going to get a sample and it had to stay warm to be viable. And she would, because again, this is the early 80s, she would put the sample, the cup, like in her bra and run back across the street and hand it off to Dr. Klein. Oh my gosh. I know, so gross, huh? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, Dr. Klein was a really good fertility doctor. He did laser tubal repair and a lot of the stuff was like cutting edge. Um so one of his patients was told like he was just the best of the best and like if you wanted a baby he was he was the guy right so fast forward like the first baby uh i think that they know that is belongs to him was in 1983 so in 2014 
um, the the girl woman, she's the woman that like really just spearheaded this and wanted answers. Her name was Jacoba um, Ballard, and she did a 23andMe. And Jacoba, I swear Jacoba was one of, I get them all mixed up, and I'm sorry about that. If you want like exact details, you got to watch the, the documentary because they all look the same. They literally all look the same. And they're all blonde and blue-eyed and... You know what I mean? Like, I can't remember which one of them. Like, some of them, their moms, like, their dads were infertile. But there were others that the mothers came in with their husband's sample. And that SOB used his own instead. So they've got... She's like, what did he do with my dad's sperm? Just throw it in the trash? Probably. Yeah. What a megalomaniac. So anyway, so Jacoba does 23andMe. And it comes up with seven siblings. And she's like... (laughs) well that ain't right you know um so she kind of like starts looking into it and um she immediately suspected that her father was dr klein and so um she contacts some of the other the other siblings they kind of make like a little group a little facebook group and um she contacts klein and asks for his dna like would you just clear this up for me? Like, would you take a DNA test? And he's like, absolutely not. And no, and the records are all gone. And there's, there's just no way that, you know, like the, the sperm donation is predicated on privacy. And so she made a complaint to the attorney general and the medical board and nothing happened. So finally she takes it to the news and, oh, well, so they reach out to his wife and his kids, his like, you know, kids that he had with his wife. And one of the kids does a DNA test and they're siblings. So they know, they know. Right. Yep. And I I wonder, I want to know that story. Like, I want to know the one, like if you would agree to take a, a test would maybe it was like, Oh, I know it's not my dad. Go ahead. Have my DNA. Or if it's like, he is garbage. Yeah. He's a hypocrite. Yes. Let's go ahead and see what happens. I have no idea which way that was. Well, it could have been that his dad denied it and he wanted to know the truth. It's like if you – we had this conversation before. Do you remember? We had a conversation yes, before about would we turn our dad in if we knew he had sexually assaulted someone? And we all said yes, we would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the wrong person. You know, like when you say, oh, I'd help you hide a body. Not really. I mean, I might with you know, like so a camera be, on. <laughs> he, if he's all that – air quotes religious and taught his kids right from wrong his son may have been like i believe my dad and if not well yeah what you you know yeah well so so they find out that there's the seven siblings right so they're they're siblings with with his son and so now of course like you can't deny it dumbass sorry for swearing dummy you can't deny it like and so he says well Oh, Mr. Religious can't deny it. He denies it right up until, yeah, there's no more denying it. Yeah, so once the DNA comes out, he says, well, I only used my own sample when I had no access to other samples. And there won't be any more. There is less than 10 (laughs) kids. Less than 10 kids. And then I freaking love the way they did the documentary. And then it says on the screen, sibling number 14. (laughs) So, um... So now there's 14 siblings, and they interview Julie, who is a twin, and she was the really pretty one. Nona, do you remember her? The 
Yes. Yeah. So she should be her dad's biological child. So she's one that she gets the results back. Um, they they didn't need donor sperm. Like he had sperm. The mom just needed to be inseminated. Yeah. So she's the one that said, "Did he, they just throw my dad's semen in the trash? Like what? What?" So she gets the um, <clears throat> the results and is just devastated because she just loves her dad so much, you know, like and doesn't want her dad to be sad or feel just bad or anything. And she said that it had washed away her identity. So now that he's up to fourteen siblings. They're still trying to get him on camera and get him to, like, interview with the local news. Because one of the news reporters has picked up this story. And she just keeps hounding Dr. Klein. And he says to, he's saying to Jacoba, because Jacoba is the one who's just, like, carrying the torch. (laughs) You know? And he's like, well, there will be no more than 15. 15 is, like, the new number. (laughs) And then the thing, the screen says, sibling 17. Yeah, it's just an absolute. You know, you know, Go ahead. You have to, at the point, you know, his story about it was all about the women and making him happy and, and yeah. get, you know, making him a baby. At the point where, where they had their husbands, at that point where he checks it, then how is how does he justify that? You know, you have to as Mister Religious telling himself he's only thinking of other people and their happiness right what did he tell himself then well underneath my notes it says it's effed up and he was an arrogant a-hole those are what my notes say at this point when we get to sibling number 17 so jacoba is still just holding the torch you know she's got the mob running down his you know running him down metaphorically because she just won't let it go so he calls her and asks her to stop talking to the news. And she's so smart. Like, she recorded the phone call. I'm such an idiot. Like, do you know how how that would, like, I would probably hang up on him trying to figure <laughs> out how to record the phone call. She so, was already in evidence gathering mode, though. Yeah, she was. She'd been thinking about it. She was living it, man. <laughs> at that point she had on her sherlock holmes hat her magnifying glass <laughs> she was in pi mode so so she records the phone call and he's like he's like well you should just stop i feel like that you should t- stop talking to the news and she's like why would i stop talking you know like saying what's true this is my story and he's like well you don't have to stop telling your story and then in the next breath he's like just stop talking to the news well you know if you're and what she didn't ask him and i'm sure that she was just amped up on adrenaline you know when he called her would be my question would be like if you were so confident that that was the right decision why do you mind if it's in the news and you know what he said i'm an elder in my church and this is going if this comes out it's going to destroy my marriage and just rock my church. Yeah, if you did nothing wrong, um, why why would why would your wife have a problem with it? Yeah. Hmm. So she calls the attorney general again. No one calls her back, and so she just starts investigating him herself. 
And by investigating him, she pulls up, like, everything he ever published. Like, you know how doctors are often, like, um, publish. Yeah. Like, they do studies. And especially with him being, he was a really good doctor. Like, he just was, you know, had a God complex. But, so he published stuff. So she read everything. Like, she had her little clipboard, or, you know, her bulletin board with the strings on it, I'm imagining. So then the screen says, sibling number 22. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and another baby who thought she belonged to her birth certificate father. Another baby who thought that her dad was That's her dad. So sad. Well, um, so Julie was the twin and Jacoba is the one who, like, was the leader of the band here. And they check, Jacoba checks, like, 23 and Me like, every morning. To see oh. if she has a new sibling up. <laughs> and what they both said was that I'm going to call and I know that I'm going to ruin their life. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it like, it almost like breaks their heart to find a new sibling. But they feel like, of course, that they deserve the truth. But, right. you know, like you're going to question. Well, they all have autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you know, like knowing your history, they all have weird autoimmune stuff. Gifted by the yep. religious man to them. Yeah. So then the screen says sibling number 33. And this mm-hmm. one's name is Lisa. And Lisa thought her dad was her, her birth certificate father. He had a low sperm count, though. So they knew that they, they, I mean, they obviously were using Dr. Klein. So she had done the 23 and Me, and she... Figured out, like, she just thought it was a mistake. I love how they all think it's a mistake, right? Like, it gets reported, right. like, that can't be right. You know? I mean, not even, like... No, he's the doctor. <laughs> so, right. So, she looks into it, and she sees that it's linking up to Klein. She calls her mom and says, Did you, by chance, visit a fertility clinic in Indianapolis? Because at this point now, there's already news happening about it right and her mom says yeah and she goes was your doctor dr klein and she said yes why are you asking because they hadn't really discussed that like she just always i mean she just always thought she was her dad's kid right. and so um the dad had taken in a sample and given a sample at the time of insemination they had tried insemination a couple of times and so this at least, obviously, the time that the, her mother got pregnant, he, Dr. Klein had tossed the dad's sample and used his own. So gross. Like, I was telling Jeremy about it, and he's like, that's like rape. Yeah, it is. That's how it feels. Well, yeah. yeah just it was not a crime. Yeah. So this is what they said. So Indianapolis isn't a huge city. And one of them said, when we get a new sibling alert, I pray that it isn't someone I know or someone I dated. Because again, just like Dr. Carbot over in the Netherlands, this isn't a humongous, like, um, a humongous area. They said on this one, Dr. Klein's patients and his his, uh, biological children, most of them, the ones that they found, live within a 25-mile radius of the clinic. Oh, goodness. So there's like... 30, how many were there? I can't remember. We'll get to that in a minute. Yep, so there it is. Majority live within a 25-mile radius. So 
everyone in the small community has a connection to Dr. Klein. Like he's either the church or their mom went to him or their aunt or their neighbor because he was a good fertility doctor. And he, ugh, gross. Um, so the reporter who I loved that reporter. How about you, Nona? I did. I liked her a lot. Yeah, because she was she just, just like a little pit bull. She's like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not dropping this. She's like, so do you want, do you want to comment? Are you going to comment? Because we're not going to drop it. So the reporter tells Dr. Klein that they're going to go forward with a story. And she's like worried about her safety. So she, he finally agrees to meet her because he felt like Hold he on. had no choice. Okay. Go ahead. When he met with the siblings, he was, had a gun. He brought a gun. And when he met um, with the reporter, he had a gun in his waist pant. Oh, you're kidding. Like, he also threatening threatened them. her. He's just going like, to carry it around and threaten them. Not going to say anything. He but verbally threatened him. It. What else did he say? He said to the reporter, so she says that she was super nervous. He was carrying. He said, I know where you live. I know where you are from. And then he asked her not to report this. He said, it will ruin my marriage, hurt my church. I'm an elder. Yeah. What? Mr. Religion throwing that out there yeah, to like, let everyone know. I'm just trying to think in the New Testament where it was that you should use your... fruit, you shall know them. <laughs> Where you should use your own sperm and go around, like, inseminating people with under, you know, without their consent. So, Jacoba. Yeah, what we can tell is you're a rapist. By their, your fruit, we shall know you. Yeah. You've got a, a bajillion fruits of rape. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Jacoba goes out to her car one day, and all the lug nuts are missing off of all four tires. Oh, wow. What? Um, one of their... I, I wrote down Julie, but I don't think it was Julie. It was another one of them. Her email was hacked, and all of her emails and everything on her computer that was Dr. Klein was deleted. All of her research. Oh, my god! I don't think it was Jacoba, though. Another one was um, harassed, and that was one that her birth certificate father uh, should have been her dad. And um, Klein threatened one of the daughters over the phone, I'm going to expose your secrets. Is what he told her. Wow. It's like, so Jacoba took a deeper dive and into Dr. Klein's seedy background and found out that in 1963, he ran over a little girl. Like she just darted out in the street. Uh-huh. It was an accident. You know, it was investigated. It was an accident. Right. She darted out in the street, ran her over and she died. Like, <clears throat> and that is when he found God. That was like his, his origin story it's like wow yeah yeah it's like no you thought you were god Hmm. not that you found god so he was very religious he taught marriage counseling he taught sunday school he prayed at work although you know he's kind of an ass he had the one colleague um who was jewish and he asked her are you jewish and she said that yeah i am and she said, I'm really uncomfortable with some of the decor in your office. And there's like these little cross stitch crosses and like all of the um, little sayings that said that you have to be Christian to get to heaven. She's like all this paraphernalia in his office. It was kind of off putting. And um, it was just a, a shield. Like, yeah. You know, the wolf in sheep's clothing. It was his. It was his sheep coat. 
It was because the one parishioner said that he was an elder in the, so Klein was an elder in the church. There were seven or eight men who were elders in their church and they kind of governed the church body. Like they even went to Klein's house because he had a swimming pool and they would do baptisms in his swimming pool. Well, I know, just gross. He, he wasn't religious. He pretended to be religious. Well, absolutely. Because, like, you can't do... No. You can't do yeah. all of this and pretend, like, that you are godlike when you are lying. I mean, we're all sinners. I mean, I like, I'm... We're all sinners, but what he did was evil. Absolutely. You know? I mean, we can all sin, but... But, you know, doing something a sin or like a transgression or sin is not the same as doing something. What he did was just evil. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, then I my note says, played God. <laughs> so sibling number 48, Dekuma. Um, and this one was a boy that they... Uh, it's interesting to me that more of the girls chose to um chose to participate in the documentary you know um so anyway so jason hyatt uh did an ancestry kit and jacoba called him and told him and it just rocked his world he just didn't know why and it just kind of he spiraled into a depression and this one Dekuma, you're gonna love this because by love i mean you're gonna hate it um, when they talked to Klein, he used that bastard used Jeremiah one five as his defense. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. Oh my gosh! And that he knew exactly what he was doing, and that's mm-hmm. what this this um, Jason said. He's like, particularly for someone who's not religious and not Christian, you can't use that as a defense. And, like, expect to get any traction with it. Like, I mean, we're all well, Christian and, and we... Go also, ahead. So, person before I knew you, um, it wasn't Dr. Klein. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is God. He just thinks he's God. Right. You know? He's not actually God. I was yes. so... We can, see how he was, we can see how he was confused. Did you, you hear know? Dekuma? She said he's a sociopath, which I absolutely agree. Yes. Yes. Absolutely agree. Okay, so this this super religious doctor, right? Like, ugh, I just hate him. So I shouldn't hate people, but I, I strongly dislike him. So there is a, a movement in, upon, among the, like, some of evangelical Christians or whatever called the Quiverful Movement. Have you heard of this? Uh-uh. So you know the scripture that says, like, if you have a quiverful of children or something what is it nona Peter freezing i don't know but it's like have lots of kids um yeah. were those dugars or whatever were they part yes of that? yes the yeah yeah like the quiverful movement that you should have like a million kids or whatever you know and if you're it says somewhere in the old testament that if you have a children are like arrows and if you have a quiverful you're blessed essentially oh, okay. so she re, so jacoba reports again to the um, to the uh, attorney general's office and one of the emails that she finally gets back is from some guy and she's like in her little detective mode and his um, his email or his like profile on some sort of social media is like 
he is a member of the Quiverful mo- movement. She's like, so are they not prosecuting him? Because this would be, like, is is Dr. Klein part of the Quiverful mo- movement? Where he was purposefully trying to, like, send out his seed into the world? Now, this is just speculation, right? I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Like, and no one would know unless he copped to it or what. I just think he was an arrogant asshole. We're just try- they were just trying to think of motives. Why? Yeah, would like, he do that? why would he do? Why would he do such a thing? Um, and then the one said, "She goes, I hate to say this, but we're all blonde and blue eyed. Is this an Aryan nation type of thing?" Like, she goes, "I don't even want to say that out loud, but yeah. she's like, because again, they're grasping at straw um, at straws." And the one said, "Is he a racist bigot? Like, because of course they don't want to be related to him." You know, no. Well, um, he also, like, the one has a picture of him. He went to her house with his wife. She was, like, eight months old. There's a picture of her with him. Yes. So he was following up on Well, the what one, it was the twins. The twins, Julie and her twin sister, which we don't ever get to meet her no. twin sister. But Julie and her twin sister, the one that, where their parents are Jewish, um, they were colleagues. They were, they, you start off thinking that this is just his colleagues, some people who worked with him. But no, they were also his friends. So, like, he impregnated one of his friends. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so, the is he a racist bigot? I just think he's an arrogant, narcissistic a-hole, is what I have in my notes, and I believe. Okay, so the reporter's name was Angela. So the Attorney General's office still won't answer. Um, the reporter, Angela, uh, contacts the Marion County prosecutor and says, hey, are you guys going to do anything about this? Have you seen this? So she sends him links to the story. This, the, and he's like, I've missed it. I just missed it. You know, so she doesn't give up. So Tim Delaney was the prosecutor for Marion County at the time. And he said when he looked at it, he's like, there's no crime committed. There, there's no this isn't a crime. Because this is what happens, like, remember when the internet got going and there was, like, or, like, revenge porn or, yeah, you know, like, that yeah. things progress too quickly that the law hasn't caught up with it yet. And, well, um, they were saying, they were saying, like, he's saying that the women consented. You know, the thing about it is, is they didn't consent to him in you know what i mean they didn't ins- they that's not what they consented to they didn't consent to him um using his own sperm right matter you know well and the one said what about battery like and then one of the um one of their attorneys says that this is an unequal application of the law what about fraud what about battery um so in under Indiana law, um, it says this absolutely is a sexual act. Like one of them said, like, look, he had to go in and essentially masturbate, like in the other room. Yeah. So he's Mister. coming. He's coming in still like on a like endorphin high, and sticking his semen in between the legs of. I mean, that's pretty graphic. He'd already been there first. Like he'd been in there and did an examination first and then went and on. And then goes to get the sample and then comes back. Does his business and then comes back. So, Gross. say there's nothing, 
there's nothing sexual about that. No, I think there is, you know. And the one said it was just like rape by deception. She's like, there was no consent. So the attorney general um, asked, so this is how they eventually like get him, like charge him with a crime. The attorney general had sent him a letter and asked if there was consent or they used his, if he used his sperm and he denied that he was the father. And so he lied to the attorney general in a like official letter. Right. And so they, um, at, at this, this is what he sent back in quotes. I have, I can emphatically say that at no time did I ever use my own sample is what he sent back to the attorney general. And so that was clearly false. Mm-hmm. So they get a warrant, um, for his DNA. And then that this is when Klein threatens Jacoba with slander and libel. Like he's going to tear apart her life. What? And there, how, Nona, what else happened? Like people had, several of the, of the offspring had threats at I this remember, point. But I just know that, that, yeah, he gave, did lots of threats, like to intimidate. And yeah. Because he still his gun, thought, yep, like he still. Of his gun and then, yep. and then then give like veiled threats and he still thought at this point he could control the narrative you know what i mean yeah so they they show up at his house and they're like we have a warrant for you to give your dna and he opens the door and he's got a holster on his sweatpants and he's carrying a gun and they're all just looking at him like what and then this is videoed because they had on body cam which i freaking love body cam and totally off topic, but there's like on Discovery ID, there's like a body cam series. And when I had COVID last year and I thought I was going to die, I watched all four seasons, every single episode. <laughs> like, you just watch it and it's scary. I would never be a police officer. Thank you for your service. Okay. So, um, so this, the DNA comes back and it's 99.9997% chance that he's Jacoba's father. And then he says, Dr. Klein says, I just can't remember. It was 30 or 35 years ago. (laughs) Godfrey. So he pleads guilty to obstruction of justice. And they, he's a level six felon, but he gets no jail time. And they were just so upset, right? So sibling number 53 pops up on the, (laughs) the screen. And her name is Carrie Foster. And she just felt like, it was just a game to him. She's like, and so this is when they're talking about like the, the fallout, like um, several of the siblings have autoimmune diseases, blood clotting disorders. One woman or at least one woman has had miscarriages. Uh, several of them have digestive and colon issues. And Dr. Culver, which I didn't mention him earlier, they interviewed his partner at the time and also the, the receptionist or, you know, the lady, the office lady, they had no clue. And, you know, sometimes I think you're an idiot. And other times I think she's like, no, we brought samples. Right. And then you're not keeping track of where he is in the clinic. And you trust him. And you trust him. And Dr. Culver, his partner, he goes, you know, the, the part that makes me feel really upset about this is that he's like, I owe a lot of my career to Dr. Klein. He's like, I was the junior partner. I came in with him. He taught me a lot of, um, you know, what I know. He's like, my career probably wouldn't be where it is without him and he was kind of just like disgusted like yeah. that he's been kind of bamboozled he got a little, he got a little teary he did he was upset he's like 
Well, because he said, like, the Dr. Klein that I thought I knew, the doctor, the elder in the church, the just kind man, the researcher, he's like, and the Dr. Klein that did this, they're not even the same person. Like, oh, the, It's like a divorce, like, when you have grief, you know, and you mourn, like, your marriage, or you mourn, it's like, he, the person that he thought he knew doesn't exist. And this is what he said. There's the Don Klein I knew well, and there's the Don Klein I would have never imagined. And he said, it's ev- he's evil. Oh, wow. Yeah, just I like rent clothing, man. <laughs> I, yeah. Pissed. Um, and what he also, Dr. Culver said, is like sperm banks kick out candidates with autoimmune diseases. So Dr. Klein, with his rheumatoid arthritis, wouldn't have even been a candidate to donate through the, right. the conventional way. Um. So sibling number 61. She's <laughs> oh, jumping up there. Yeah. So um, Allison Kramer is 61, and uh, she has a genetic do- disorder, and she and two of her kids. And she had a bunch of half-siblings listed, when ja- and Jacoba contacted her. And this one, she was really interesting because she just thought, she saw, like, all of these siblings, and she just thought, like, 50-some-odd siblings on there. And she thought, that's... What has just happened? said close relationship. It didn't say sibling. Oh, that's right. So she was kind of, she kind of didn't know what it meant, but she wasn't questioning because she knew her dad was her dad, I believe. Yes, that's right. And so, so, so Jacob, she just go ahead. Just didn't know what the relationship was, and so she just discounted it and didn't give it another thought. Right, like Jacoba sends her a yeah. text that says, "Hey, I've I'm listed as your half sister, and if you want to talk, whatever." And she just thought. Huh, weird. So then she told her she'd fill her in and on all the details. And then and, she and then Allison ghosted her because it just didn't. She's like it just didn't register. Didn't mean anything. Right. So then poor Allison one day in December of 2019 is watching a Dr. Phil show and there's Jacoba, who their pictures are on 23andMe, and she sees that there's how many siblings? There were t- dozens of siblings on the show. And she, all of these people who are listed as her siblings, and she they hears, don't look alike. They all look alike, and she said that she and Jacoba looked like sisters, and she was horrified. Like she just started crying, and um, oh, these are the ones. So the Farbers, Shireen Farber and Mark Farber, were Allison's parents, and and Shireen and Mark Farber were the ones that were his friends and colleagues. Uh. And she's the one I think that they have a pic that she is a picture of her with Dr. Klein. Um, and Shireen felt queasy about it. She had mixed emotions. And Allison said she had complex emotions. Uh, she was crushed to find out that her dad was not her biological dad. And that was another one that I mean her her dad should have been her dad. Um, because and here's the other thing is that Don Klein was also. Allison's fertility doctor. Oh my gosh. So she was a grown woman and she was still going, she was going to Dr. Klein. He had to know that she was his daughter, but maybe he didn't keep track, but no, he would have to know if it was his close friends, right? Um, and and she felt so violated. Yeah. Like, she did, because she said if, I mean, she was like, that is an intimate procedure, like someone seeing you naked and I, she didn't use those words, but like 
She's like, I would not choose to go to someone in my family right. for that kind of that kind of an exam. Mm. And I have in my notes, whiskey tango foxtrot. <laughs> like, <laughs> she says, I feel like this is a bad dream. You feel like you're going to wake up, but you just don't. And then you know what Dr. Klein said? This one I really love too, because I just want to find him and shake him till his brains rattle around inside of his head. I don't consider them to be my children. What are they? You tell me. I don't know. Can he pay child support? For I want all back child support. Um, yeah, they all should. They all should have sued him. So this is what some of them said, right? These are little quotes. So this is kind of like where it's wrapping up. You know, they've talked about um, some other things. And then I've got to tell you about another one. You guys are going to freaking die. So they said, um, one of them said, he's not my father. The one guy that um, Mark, I think his name was, said, I feel sorry for him. His life is a lie. Another one said, there is no justice. One of the moms says, I'm okay. This isn't my issue. This is his. Mm. And I thought, you go, girl. Um, One lady said, one lady said I was raped 15 times and I didn't even know it. That was one of the moms. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, they loved, the one loved that they just kept putting his name in the media and kind of ruining his life. And Jacoba, she says, I, she found out that she was a fighter. She's like, I just found out that like this has really kind of defined her, that she has just turned into a activist for, for like, this is wrong. It's just wrong. So in 2018, the moms and kids uh, got legislation passed in uh, Indiana making illicit donor um, inseminations illegal. So currently there's no federal law. But here's the deal. 44 additional doctors have been found to have used their own sperm to inseminate their patients. And we found this out because of home DNA kits. And currently there are 94 Klein siblings. Oh, my God. No more than no more than ten. Okay, no more than fifteen. There's really, in really a small in a small, smallish town, close area. Yeah. We're saying. Remember how mom said, like in in her little town, like she told our cousin that she dated anyone. They needed to get their pedigree out first because yeah. if they got married, they'd have tadpoles for kids. <laughs> okay. It's, that's the one. That's what the one lady said. They have to tell their kids, you know, you've got to know who it is you're dating. And I guess maybe have to do a DNA test. Uh, if you want to date, before we can get serious, you're going to have to do a 23andMe test. No kidding. Okay, so now I, we don't have time to go over all of this. So I was looking at, because remember, Immaculate Deception was the podcast about Dr. Carbot and... Um, in the Netherlands and Lewis, their prolific donor. And between the two of them, there's like 200 kids or something ridiculous about that, you know? And so I had to like Google it this morning. I'm like, what's the name of that doctor? So I Google the podcast before I realize what it's called. And I come up with another podcast, which is on Audible, which I have a, a subscription to. So I listened to it today while I walked and while I got my hair done and I listened to all eight episodes. They're about 20 to 30 minutes each. So I got all of them done today. And this one's called Donor 9263. So it's not the doctor. This is just that sperm donation can be shady AF. 
which is as freak. <laughs> yeah. I think is what that means. So it, this one starts out, and I'll be super quick, and then you got to listen to it. It's on Audible. That um, the first donor sperm child, this kid's name is Alex, and his mom um, was in a lesbian partnership. And I think in 2018, he was 17 years old, I think, 2019. Anyway, so recently, in the 21st century, is when this child was born. But... Um, she, the mom's name's Wendy, gets a phone call from her partner that said, hey, Alex was using his phone when he wasn't supposed to be. He was nine years old at the time. He wasn't using, he was using his phone. I took away his phone because it's not his time and told him he was going to, you know, get his phone taken away or his privileges. And he was on the internet, which he wasn't supposed to be doing. And I looked at his search history and it said, how can I kill or how can I kill my stepbrother? He's nine years old. And so this child was um, the product of anonymous sperm donation. And so they go on talk about. Um, so anyway, I'm going to spoil it for you that uh, he doesn't kill his his um, stepbrother. And he had already been in therapy and they interview this kid on the podcast. He's 17 now and he's doing pretty good. So that that's the good news. But anyway, the mom doesn't know a lot about like his sperm donor. Um, she knows that he was the sperm donor that she chose was like six foot four. And he was, I mean, honestly, I think his name was Clark Kent and he was from the planet Krypton. He's six <laughs> foot four. He's got like um, a genius IQ. He's got his master's degree. He's like, gonna get a, a PhD in neuroscience and all of he plays basketball he speaks multiple languages it was totally not all BS because he was six foot four yeah <laughs> but guess what he's schizophrenic oh that's so terrible and he was and cute little Alex the as of the the podcasting does not have schizophrenia like mm. He does have some some emotional issues, but it sounds, I mean, he sounded, they interviewed him. He sounded just like a cute kid. Mm -hmm. And they interviewed his mom, too. Like, because, again, it's eight episodes long, so I just have to spoil it for you so I don't leave you hanging. But yeah. you know what I mean? But, um, so anyway, when Alex is, like, 14 years old, he says, Mom, what's my sperm donor's number again? I want to look at it. So she gives him the packet of, like, everything that she has because it's just kind of like a little bio and then she went to either work or somewhere that he was at home alone for like, I don't know, eight hours while she was gone to work or whatever. He, the donor's number is donor 9263. So Alex Googles it and there is a scandal about 9263. And it is that they use this guy. The, so the sperm donation clinic or company is called Zytex. And, um, this 9263 was a prolific donor. He did have a bio that made him look like a superhero. Like he's a genius. He speaks languages. He's an athlete. He's a musician. And this guy donated. A regular donor would donate one time a week for a year. They kind of have him sign a contract. He donated two to three times a week for 14 years. Oh, my God. One sample, you're going to be so grossed out by this. 
one sample that they donate like so you go in you produce a sample and they hand you 100 bucks i think it's like 70 bucks for the sample and then if it gets used you get another 30 dollars that sample can be taken and split depending on the volume of the sample three to four times for and be used for three to four inseminations up to seven or eight inseminations so let's just say like three to four times right um and so the one they interview the one guy so like he lied he said that he didn't have schizophrenia or any mental illness you go through the whole podcast he knew that he had schizophrenia but that he was like 21 years old he'd been diagnosed they're like people with schizophrenia have like grandiose thinking like he it's potential that he believed some of that stuff uh, that he, you know what i mean so um some donors have like 50 75 or 100 kids um so this guy donated two times a week for greater than a decade and then they talked to the CEO of Zytex, a former Z- CEO, and he's like, well, a good, a good donor is somebody who has, like, has a high sperm count and a lot of motility. Like, they don't even, they should think about where it comes from, but, like, clearly this donor got, like, it worked. The women got pregnant, and, and they said the same thing. Like, the women get a baby... That's what they want. Wow. So, um, all right. So let's see. Um, some there's some medical issues in 2012. A sperm donor um, had a condition with increased risk of brain tumors, and he had five children. Five of the children that he fathered through sperm donation got it. Got brain tumors. In 2009, a different donor um, had a heart disorder, and eight kids had heart defects and heart disorders. And one of them died. Um, in 2006, there was a network of half siblings with rare blood diseases and cancer and seizures. And they reported this back to the sperm bank who did nothing at all and continued to use the donor. So the moms, kind of like the Dr. Klein kids, the moms of these kids, because these kids are younger on this um, 9263 or whatever his name is. Like they kind of form a group and figure out that they have all these kids and that they, um, some of them have emotional issues or whatever. They contact Zytex. They find out that, that, um, they, Zytex allows them to communicate with the donor through an email. And every time they get an email, that's a blind copy. So one time Zytex sends out and everybody CC'd on it. So including the donor. Oh, right. So one of them is just like Jacoba, and she puts on her little Sherlock Holmes hat and gets out her magnifying glass, and she finds him, and that's when she finds out, like, yo, homies, he's a schizophrenic. That's so terrible. So um, you got to listen to the podcast, but a lot of the things that were super interesting to me was that um, the this isn't regulated, right like there's very little regulation so it leaves the sperm banks to regulate themselves and it's a business and so if you've got a donor who has a lot of sperm and a lot of motility and is going to get people pregnant it's going to be it's going to work it's going to work and um there's an incentive here that says they are incentivized to have handsome smart accomplished and tall donors and it said somewhere that like 
you can't sell short sperm. <laughs> Nobody wants short sperm. And so here's my question. We'll leave with this because, again, this one's called Donor 9263. You should listen to it on Audible. It was really interesting. But should we as humans participate in this? Because it feels like there's no there's no good way to regulate it. And, of course, I'm not, I don't know the answer to that. But because they try to take Zytac to court. And in Georgia, there's um, Georgia has a wrongful birth um, law that if you say that oh, it would be better if I wouldn't wasn't dead, it's kind of like the abortion thing, and you're just gonna be thrown out. So the the it got thrown out because they're like you still would have had the baby, right? Like this can't be you can't argue on wrongful birth, but and the, the lawyer for the for Zytec and for the donor was like, well, you know, you could go meet somebody and have a baby with them, and there's no guarantee that they're not going to have, yeah, like, issues. genetic issues. Mm -hmm. But they did say that, like, they wanted Zytec to notify all the women who got this donor's sperm because if you have proclivity for schizophrenia, like, you should never, ever use psychoactive drugs, including marijuana, like LSD or marijuana. That will sometimes trigger you and, like, uh -huh. turn you over. And she's like, everyone needs to know that. So, like, Alex, the cute kid from the beginning, like, he knows that he can never use marijuana and never use LSD because he doesn't want to be oh, schizophrenic. Wow. And so Zytec said it stood on the privacy laws. Like, no, we can't let people know because they... Yeah. Because there's no proof that he has schizophrenia. And, and we don't want to get sued. And we don't want to get sued. That's right. That's right. So they did say um, in the last episode, in episode eight, they found the donor and his name is Chris and they interviewed him. And it was really interesting because he sounds like a normal human. He's like, well, I'm in a better place now. He's like, he kind of got himself together. But while he was saying like in the early 2000s, like 2006 or whatever, like they had an interview with him, like how he was amazing and had spoke all these languages or whatever. Like right around that time, he was like in and out of jail for burglary mm. and just, ugh. That's tough. Yeah. Any comments on that, Nona? Um, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, you know, morally, like on the moral issue, like our church's policy is that you shouldn't you shouldn't have um, stranger donor. We already discussed that before. If you're going to do artificial insemination, it should be the husband and the wife. So for people yeah. in our church, if they're following that, this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Well, I think like when you know, we did. Although I guess, I guess that's not really true if you went to someone that replaced, you know, I'm just the one you're saying like. I'm stranger donor, but you know, if you well, but that's doctor, not your consent, though, right? Like, that's yeah, uh, yeah, going into the doctor and having him place his own. I don't know, yeah. I just thought, I guess like, maybe it's the so answer, crazy. I guess maybe the answer is the turkey baster, you know. I mean, you can only trust, <laughs> well, only trust the turkey baster. Well, and you know what's funny is the mom of that first kid, Wendy. The, Wendy was the mom of Alex, and she, because she uh, was lesbian, she had lesbian friends, and she's like, she had some friends who had used um, another friend for, she had used her brother 
as a sperm donor. And she's like, my brother was fine being the sperm donor. She goes until the baby was born. And then he realized the baby was his, but not his. Yeah. And she's like, I, she goes, I just watched that unfold. And like how it was just kind of emotionally uh, mind filled. It's that's why people don't think about that. Well, especially young people too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you've never had a child, maybe you don't know, like, how you're going to see that baby and think, oh, my gosh, that's my baby. Like, oh, that's Oh, you're saying they're not just having a baby. They're having your baby. Your baby. Right. So, and I, I, it's funny because Jorgen, I was picking him up from swimming on the way home and, and he was listening to it and he was just, like, horrified because this was the podcast, the 9263 podcast. And he's like, why would anyone do that? I'm like, dude, don't ever give your sperm away. Because that would be somebody having your baby. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like dumb mom. Dumb mom. Yeah, so this is kind of like a little, you know, who's your daddy part two, right? Yeah, well, and I guess, you know, I guess if they're paying for it, you know, you go in, you get a happy ending, and then you get paid for it, you know. I guess there's a lot of motivation for that. Yeah. I mean, you think about if you got a hundred dollars if you donated twice a week and you used it, you know, and it had a baby, you'd get a couple hundred dollars a week. Well, and the other thing too that they mentioned, like, so it incentivizes like the the one donor for him to lie. Like, he needed the money. Yeah. He was schizophrenic, and at some point he had been arrested. So now he's a felon, right? He's having a hard time getting a job, and this is easy money. And then also, he did mention, like, in the interview done recently, was, like, they told him how great he was. Like, when he went in, they're like, oh, my gosh, everyone loves... You're doing such a good thing. Yeah, everyone loves your profile. And he's like, it sounds bad. He's like, I just needed to hear that. Like, you know what I mean? He needed some positive... In this life. Yeah, like, so there... So he felt... He felt like he was helping people have babies, and he was. So, anyway, it was really interesting. I'm like, holy crap. Yikes. Yeah, that's too bad. sperm donor. (laughs) He was such a good sperm donor. I think they probably didn't phrase it like that, but. (laughs) That's what it meant. That's exactly what it meant. Well, and, you know, the one guy that was, like, the CEO of the company, um, and he had his PhD. He was a doctor, but he had of the CEO of Zytex, he had had his PhD in like fertility or or whatever, but he was raised on a farm. He's like, and I watched us use like the bulls to, to, this is animal husbandry, right? Like, so the bulls are going to get the cows pregnant or whatever. And then they left, they went from using the bulls to using, they would just buy semen and, and impregnate the cows that way, which I don't know why that's cheaper or maybe it's just like you maybe you just get better calves i don't know anyway not as much fun for the cows either probably no. not but anyway um <laughs> but so like so you know you've got scientists that are coming at this from like a scientific aspect of it and maybe not even i mean i know that they need to th- consider the ethics of it but you know they're like it's kind of like Jurassic Park. You were so busy <laughs> deciding if you could do something, if it was possible. You never stopped to think if you should, yeah. you know? Yeah. And thus we see, don't make baby dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is a great statement to end on. 
So, uh, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. Bye.